Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Three times in the first chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul uses an expression like, to the praise of His glory. The first time, in verse 6, the praise is offered by us, the believers, as the issue of our sonship. The second mention, however, in verse 12, also deals with our sonship, but the praise is not offered by us. Rather, it is the angels, even the creation itself, that joins in praise to God because of what he has accomplished in us, his sons. Now, not just sons in name and position, but genuine sons of God in life and nature. This is Life Study of Ephesians, and Francis Paul has joined us as we uh, come back to this matter of the sonship. And uh, what a marvelous matter it is, Francis. It certainly is a marvelous matter, and I think we need to have our ears and our hearts open to receive what is brought out in this book of Ephesians for not only this time, but as we go through this whole book. There is so much here that is uh, beyond what our usual thought is about how we praise God and what we are as a praise to God. There's a real revelation in this message today. We just alluded to it. I'm not sure how clearly, but I think it will be clear before we're finished today. The first chapter of Ephesians makes reference to some of the highest things in the whole Bible, uh, some of the highest matters really in the universe, such phrases as the mystery of God's will and God's eternal purpose. But as we've been seeing, right in the center of this unveiling of the hidden will of God is the matter of the sonship of his redeemed ones. Going back to verse 5, really, where it says, predestinating us unto sonship through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So this place is the process, Francis, of our becoming genuine sons of God in life and nature at the very center of his plan, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It really is amazing how that this is at the center because God's plan is really to express himself. We've heard many times on this program that God's intention is to express himself in man. And so marking us out beforehand was to destine us unto sonship. And this matter of sonship means not only that we have been regenerated, Mm -hmm. that we may participate in his life, but that we mature to have the position of sonship. This is something more than we usually think of in regard to our salvation, that we're not just saved by being regenerated, but there's a continuation of this salvation that's going on to produce us full-grown, matured, sons who can really be heirs of God and be an inheritance even to him. Well, let's pick up this phrase now that we opened the program with, to the praise of his glory. 
Uh, and as I said before, the first mention is actually in verse 6, and it follows this matter of the sonship, indicating that the sonship really issues in uh, our offering praise to God for his predestinating us into sonship. And it says, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace with which he graced us in the beloved. So there's that phrase, to the praise, this time, of the glory of his grace. But as we come to verse 12, which is our focus today, uh, a similar phrase, but the meaning is a little uh, adjusted here, right? That we would be to the praise of his glory who have first hoped in Christ. So now we're no longer the offerers of the praise. We become the objects of what God is being praised for. It's quite a marvelous realization, isn't it? This is a marvelous revelation because this is not generating our praise to God but our being a praise to God, because we are regenerated to be the sons of God by participating in his life, and now we are being matured. We're being uh, infused with God's nature and God's life to the extent that we become genuine sons. Hmm. We become the sons who are in a position to be an heir to God. And this is uh, what brings the praise of all the creation, all the angelic beings, and all the positive things in the universe will see what God has done to us who were the sinners and far from God. He's regenerated us. He's put his life into us. He's made us full-fledged sons to be his inheritance. So this is a very, very high thought that all of creation will be praising God for us, the redeemed ones, the saved ones. Well, let's join Witness Lee Francis as we get into this point in today's program. The New Testament believers will eventually be to the praise of God's glory. It doesn't mean that we should praise God, but it means that we will be the cause of praise by others, by the angels, by all the positive things in the universe, and we know this will be mainly in the millennium, even ultimately in the new heaven and new earth. If you read Revelation chapter 21, 22 again, you could see the new Jerusalem is a constitution of the sons of God. And that new Jerusalem is there right in the center of the new universe, we will be there. Then the angels surrounding us, and then the nations surrounding us, and then all the items of the passive things in the new universe will be also surrounding us. They will be looking at us spontaneously. They will utter the praises to God. For you to utter a praise, you must have some appreciation. Then the appreciation will become your praise. I tell you, when the day comes, we, the sons of God, will be the universal appreciation. Amen. And all the angels will look at all of us. My, who are these? How can people are they? Are the human or the divine? Their appreciation over us will become their praise to God because they will realize 
altogether what we will be is the work of God's abundant grace. Even the trees, they cannot say something, but the Bible says they will sing. Yes. Right? If the trees can see nothing in this universe, they would not sing. But when they see us, the sons of God, I tell you, we will be the top surprise. The whole universe will praise God for us who are the sons of God route with His abounding grace. Francis, we tried to say it. He just said it. I think uh, it's probably worthy of us trying to say it again. It's such a wonderful point here regarding the sonship. He brought out the matter of Revelation 21 and 22, sort of looking back in time and realizing that the sons now have become the composition of the New Jerusalem and therefore at the center and really the, the source of a lot of praise being offered to God. I was thinking of a verse in Romans chapter 8 from the other side, uh, more back in time where we are now, and that verse says, for the anxious watching of the creation eagerly awaits the revelation of the sons of God. So while this process is going on, uh, even as he said, the trees in creation is anxious here, mm -hmm. waiting, aren't they? This is the marvel of this whole portion, because this is generating something not of praise from us, but of praise toward us because of what God has done in us by the abundance of grace that he showered on us. Wow that's made such a display of God's marvelous work in working himself into man so that all these saved ones will be the constituents of the new Jerusalem. As he pointed out in Revelation 21 and 22, the new Jerusalem is composed or constituted with the redeemed ones who have been brought to maturity in the matter of life so that they really glow with God's presence. Yes. And as he said, the creation will be saying, what are these? What are these? Are they human or are they divine or what? Well, <laughs> actually, we know now that they're both human and divine. God's divine nature and divine life has been so worked into his people that they now become the very cause of the praise of all of creation. I like the verse you brought out in Romans because all of creation is waiting Someone said is standing on tiptoe, yes. waiting for the uh, manifestation of the sons of God. This manifestation of the sons of God is what we're talking about here. That becomes a praise, a praise to God. When they all of creation sees what's been accomplished in God's work on humankind, that will be such a glory to him, and all the praise will come to God for what he has done on us. Actually, uh, on that verse, Francis, the footnote I was just noticing in the recovery version on that word anxious, it says for the anxious watching, it says watching with head outstretched, with uh -huh. full concentration. Oh, that, that's good. Isn't that good? That's the state that creation is in today. And they're watching for the completion of this process of sonship. It goes way beyond, I think, the common understanding. That's not the completion of the process that the creation is anxiously waiting for, is it? Right. The creation is waiting for the genuine sons of God to come forth in maturity, they are matured by the life of God to such an extent that they are the glory of God, hmm. to the praise of the glory of his grace. As you mentioned, this is mentioned three times in this chapter, once for the Father's work, once for the Son's work, and once for the Spirit's work. Right. So this is a glorious 
consummation of God's work that's on display to all of creation. Francis, we're going to continue now because not only does this sonship become the cause of the praise of the angels and the creation itself, but the New Testament also reveals that the believers now become the factor of the apostles' glory. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to hear this verse referred to us, so I thought I'd read it, chapter 2, verse 20 in 1 Thessalonians. He says, For you, meaning the saints in Thessaloniki, are our glory and joy. That's the apostles' estimation of this process of yeah. sonship ongoing. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We, the sons of God, will be the glory of God. In Thessalonians, in a Paul did say, you are my glory, and you are my crown. If the believers are the glory of Paul, surely they are the glory of God. Because Paul was God's sent one. So you see, when we all will be in the millennium, in the new heaven and new earth, God will say, angels, all you trees, all your animals, all your nations, look at my glory. What is my glory? My sins. All my sins are my glory. Well, even in a big family, if you have ever been a great father with many children, and all the children are so good, loving the Lord so much, so good, so good, I tell you, one day all the children will be there around the great father, the great father feel, oh, this is my glory. Little dogs, cats, mouse, all come and see my glory. You see, all the trees, flowers, you all have to see all the children of mine are my glory. You believe me, one day in the big family, our great father will collect all of us. And by that time, all of us will be proper sons of God. We all will have been saturated with him. Transformed, transfigured, hallelujah, all together in him. And he'll be more than happy telling all the angels and all the positive things in the whole universe to look at us. Then we will be his glory. Glory is God expressed. At the fullness of the times, we, the sons of God, will be fully saturated with God. We will just express God. Among us, we us, the express God is there. And this express God is the glory. So all the angels, all the positive things in the whole universe will praise the express God. This is why it says here that we should be to the praise of His glory. Francis, very often uh, I've noticed over the years we've been doing this program, in this ministry, whenever the matter of glory is touched, it's connected to God being expressed. And that really is at the core, I think, of the burden that is uh, being uh, brought out today in this message, isn't it? Yes, it really is, because God's purpose, as we saw in the beginning, is that he might be expressed in humanity. So that's the reason he became a man, to express his deity 
in humanity. And that's the reason he put his life into us believers, so that this life, with the very nature of what God is, even all his attributes, may be expressed in the human virtues that we are prepared with, we are created with. So this is God's intention, that he might be expressed, and this is his glory. Maybe this is your next question, but when you consider this glory being attributed to Paul, Mm -hmm. it says, uh, the verse you mentioned, for you are our glory. That is, these Thessalonians, that he had brought to the Lord, and he had nourished with the word, and he had imparted the riches of Christ into them. He could say, for you are our glory and joy. Right. Because they were like the apostles to them were really God's representative, God's sent ones to them. So it was God himself who had come to them in the apostles, and they were the mothers, the nursing mothers and the exhorting fathers Mm -hmm. to prepare them for maturity so they would be saturated with all that God is and could display this marvelous person in his glory. So the glory to the apostles was really the glory to God. So the praise goes to God from all of creation because they, his believers now have been matured to such an extent and infused with such a life and such a nature that they really are expressing God's glory. Really something. You know, um, a few days ago, I was watching uh, a conversation with the former President Bush about the current President Bush, his son. And, uh, of course, the pride that was being expressed there was hard to miss. Uh, but uh, it just struck me that here is a father who rose to this position, and now to be followed by his son rising to the same position was such a glory, in a sense, oh, to yeah. the uh, to the father. To the father, <laughs> and, and this is the sense of sonship. Not that our sonship will bring us into the Godhead, but in life and nature, the expression will be there, won't it? That matches the father. That's God's purpose. His eternal economy is for this goal that he would be expressed in humanity. Well, our conclusion today, Francis, uh, goes a bit farther now, uh, and we touch the matter of the destiny of the sons of God, and that is also not just to become his sons, but to become an inheritance to God. In verse 11 it says, In whom we were designated as an inheritance, having been predestinated according to the purpose of the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Not only do we become God's expression as his genuine sons in life, we become an inheritance to him. And that's our final point today. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, in whom, that means in Christ, we also were made an inheritance. Well, you may think that you have been made an inheritance already, but do you live today in a way as an inheritance of God. Yes, we are God's inheritance, but still in a process. All the natural life have to be processed out. And then something of God's divine nature has to be wrought into our being. Then we will be fully, not only objectively, but subjectively, the inheritance of God. I tell you, the more you are heightened up in Christ, in the church life, the more the divine element in you will be increased. This is kind of subjective sanctification. 
The subjective sanctification is just to saturate you with God's substance, with God's divine essence. Then you will be fully God's inheritance. You have the word that. See? That is the effect. The cause is in verse 11. God appraises all things according to the counsel of His will that we should be to the priest. And this means what? Now God is working the most fine work, not a rough work. You know, any rough work will cause no appreciation. It is the finest work that will cause a kind of appreciation. Then out of the appreciation comes the praise. So we must realize we are held responsible to afford him an opportunity that he could do a fine work of us that we may become the top appreciation in the whole universe. Francis, we'll see uh, later on in this life study of uh, Ephesians that on the one hand, God becomes our inheritance, but here we, we see clearly that we become ultimately mm-hmm. His inheritance. Mm-hmm. He is inheriting us, but it's particularly struck me in this section that we just heard that God is not desiring to inherit just redeemed sons, right. but sanctified sons, sons that have really passed through a process, mm-hmm. doesn't He? That is marvelous and such a need for Christians everywhere to realize what our destiny is to be filled up with God, saturated with the very nature of God, with all that God is. Uh, He pointed out here, do you live like one who has been expressing God? I am afraid we have to admit that's farther down the road. But it doesn't mean that we're not thoroughly saved when we're born again. But that life has to grow. The glory that is spoken of here, the glory is God expressed. And where is God expressed? According to the Bible, God is expressed in His redeemed people. So at the fullness of the times, all the sons of God will be fully saturated with God and will express God. Did you ever dream that this was to be our destiny, to be expressing God in such a way that the whole universe will marvel at what God has done in us? So God will be expressed through us. The expression of God, as we saw, is glory. All the angels and the positive things in the universe will praise the expressed God, and God will be happy. The universe will be amazed at what they see. Hmm. Francis, um, this is a, a word that is high and profound and deep, but yet I think it's within our grasp at least to uh, to get a kind of a sensation and a realization of what our destiny is as sons. We need to have an uplifted view, don't we? We do. If we don't, we don't realize what our goal is and what the purpose of our regeneration is and what the purpose of our daily living is for God to work himself into us to eliminate all the old things, the natural things, and work his very nature into us to express him. Francis, uh, it's always uh, been an enjoyment and a pleasure to uh, be able to handle this ministry with you, and I hope we get a chance to do it again soon. I do, too. 
Well, our time is up. We would invite you to contact us. We'd love to get your comments, your letters, your calls, your email messages. We'll give you the means that you can get in touch with us. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And when you contact us, let us know where you're listening, and uh, we would be very happy to get you information about how you can receive the printed Life Study messages. If you would prefer to write to us, it's Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. And we hope you'll take advantage of our website where all of our previous programs now are available for you to download and listen to at your convenience uh, at the website, which is www.lifestudy.com. So visit that when you have an opportunity and do contact us. And by all means, join us again tomorrow as we continue this tremendous life study in the book of Ephesians. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man, in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.